Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. What a brilliant way to start. This week's episode of Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast, because if you are watching on YouTube, I clicked the wrong button. And there I was with my camera, like, couldn't be any closer to the lens, and I was just sorting stuff out before I realised, oh, Simon, you've clicked the wrong button. Uh, you're now going to look like an idiot. But hey, that's what we do here. That's what we do here on Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast. We have fun, and we don't care when we make mistakes, because everybody makes mistakes. And we're going to talk about that later when we talk about Ronda Rousey, but we're not going to start with that. Hello very much. Welcome. My name is Simon Miller. If you've never watched or listened before, this is a pro wrestling podcast. You're either listening on iTunes or Google Podcast Store, or maybe one day we'll get on Spotify if Spotify ever put it on it, or you're on my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash the middle report rules. If you are here, why not give it a subscribe? Why not go and watch other content? That's how the world works in 2019. We are a little bit earlier today. We're smashing it at one o'clock. I thought I'd give lunchtime a go. And also I thought, we'll give lunchtime a go, see if people want to come and tune in when they're eating their sandwiches. But also, as soon as we finish at 2, we can all segue over to what culture when ups and downs for Smackdown will go live. And we can be like a big troop, a big community group, and we can just jump around all day together and watch YouTube videos. Because what else really is there to do? The answer is not a lot. But still, right now we are going to talk about pro wrestling. I haven't made any notes today, which I meant to do. Again, running around all morning, watching Daniel Bryan pull out naturally, was it? Naturally fallen oak tree and hemp WWE championships. So good. Daniel Bryan right now is absolutely the man. But let's focus on the big news of the week, which I, you know, people have been talking about ever since it. Well, it was rumoured on Monday. And then on Tuesday, all the news sites, the wrestling news sites, got a, a, a statement from WWE. And then WWE just went and put it on their website that apparently Dean Ambrose uh, has uh, turned down a very lucrative contract offer. There was a rumor earlier that it was for a million dollars for over five years. That's his base. So he'd obviously earn, he'd obviously earn uh, even more than that. And, you know, that he'll be finishing up after April. Now, A, massive, because Dean Ambrose is absolutely someone that's synonymous with WWE these days. He's a big star, even if you don't think he's necessarily been booked very well over the last few years. But then there was the question, WWE don't usually do this. Like, even when things do break in the, you know, in the dirt sheet world, whatever you want to call it, it's not really something people discuss. Like, it's just not. It's, it, well, WWE doesn't discuss, I should say. You know, we all talk about it and we all speculate. But for them to actually come out and go, oh, by the way, you know, this is, this is what's going to, to happen in what, three months' time is different. So straight away, people are asking... Is it real? Is it not real? Is it a work? Is it not a work? And I think that's great. Some people watch wrestling and don't enjoy it when they're the ones that are getting worked. Don't really understand that what's wrestling all about. And I think it's interesting either way. If we get to April and Dean Ambrose does leave the WWE and then we can start speculating, is he going to go to New Japan? Is he going to go to AEW? Maybe go back to CCW, wherever he was when he was, you know, John Moxley and just being an absolute crazy person. That's fascinating from a fan's point of view anyway because, you know, when a big star comes out of WWE, you always want to see what they're going to do. And it's happened with guys like, you know, Damian Sandow, Ryback, Jack Swagger, Drew McIntyre when he left. Happens time and time again. Some have been success stories, some have not. So, you know, even if it does go that way, there's fascination there. But of course, you have to ask yourself, is this legit? Now, I don't have an answer. I don't mind getting work. Like, if it comes back in April and we'll go, oh, you, you should have known... I'm like, I don't care. It's not for me to, you know, I just want to enjoy, I just want to enjoy the ride. You know, if you are a wrestling fan, for some reason, the backstage news is almost as fun as, if not more fun than the stuff you see in the ring. You know, I certainly know sort of through the, the bad times uh, when maybe wrestling wasn't as creative or as booming as it, as it is now. You know, it was, you know, it was reading about the news that kept me interested. So yeah, if he is, you know, if it is a work and WWE has managed to, you know, get one over the, the, the internet crowd, for, for lack of a better term, then, you know, more power to them. I think that's great. I think that's, uh, well, it's a great story. It's a great angle. I mean, it can backfire on you because you get Boy Who Cried Wolf and you put this on, you know, WWE.com. All of a sudden, it's like, you know, how can you actually believe what you're reading on the website? But then again, maybe that's fun. Maybe that's why wrestling is so good. Like, you wouldn't be able to get this on Arsenal Football Club's website, for example. They can't say, oh, we're going to sign Messi if they're not. They have to keep it 
you know, they have to keep it factual. But with wrestling, you don't really have to do that. I don't know. It's a very, very interesting situation. I think given everything we've just talked about, I would imagine that's why this is legit. And Dean Ambrose probably does want out. And really, can anybody, you know, can anybody blame him? I don't necessarily think that you could. Especially, again, the rumor that's been going around is that he doesn't like the hokey shit. And out of everybody on the WWE roster, absolutely, Dean Ambrose is the guy that gets the hokiest shit. You know, he turned heel on Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, and then he was getting mad about, uh, you know, diseases and, you know, whatever else he was talking about at the time. I remember when he was on SmackDown, he was dressing up. He was very good in those roles. He was very funny. But he's never really had a character apart from, you know, a very limited period of time or when he was in The Shield where he was allowed to be serious. And then, yes, when you're in The Shield, when he was in The Shield, I think you could argue that he was kind of treated as the third member of The Shield. And I don't mean that disrespectfully, but if you look at what Dean, uh, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns have gone on to do, you could argue that maybe Dean Ambrose didn't get his due or at least deserved more of a due. And I, I don't think many people could debate that with you. So I get it. I understand why he'd want to leave. I think it sucks because I'm a big fan of Dean Ambrose, always have been. It really ties back to that Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast, doesn't it? If you watch that Stone Cold, the Austin podcast on the WWE Network from around about two, three years ago, I think it was 2016. I mean, the interview itself wasn't great. It, there seemed to be two strains of thoughts with, you know, Austin was trying to be uh, an in-depth, you know, prying away at the curtain kind of a guy, whereas Dean Ambrose didn't really want to give too much information away. That then segued into the Brock Lesnar match at WrestleMania 32? I think it was 32. I'm going to say 32. And that was when Brock Lesnar was about to go back to the UFC and therefore didn't want to put in... Well, he didn't. He, he wasn't the Brock Lesnar that we've known, I wouldn't say ever since, but, you know, in Finn Balor, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, that kind of Brock Lesnar that we wanted to see, even though it was an ODQ match or a street fight or whatever the stipulation was. I remember those other chairs and weapons. And he's always... I mean, I guess the highlight of him in WWE outside of the Shield was when he won that triple threat match... Uh, Money in the Bank, was it? I think it was, to become the WWE Champion. I thought that was a really, really cool night. You know, that was... I felt like a real coming out party for Dean Ambrose. But again, no one ever really capitalized on it. So if he believes in his own ability, which I'm sure he does, he sees which way the industry is changing, the way it's trending. You know, he he, he believes more in himself and doesn't like creatively. And he, he talks about that a lot. If you watch any interview that he's ever done, he talks about the creative process, how that's much more important to him than money or fame or whatever. And if he doesn't feel like he's getting that, then now is if your contract is coming due, there is no better time to walk away than now because your options outside of the WWE are bigger than ever, right? They are. They're absolutely 100% uh, big, 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 you know, bigger than ever, which is why when I think you, you kind of break it all down, you have to believe that it is that it is legit. But if it's not, and it's a work, and it ties into a storyline, and we enjoy it, and we had the wool pulled over our eyes, which is what wrestling's all about, and this is the way you have to do it in the modern day... You know, round of applause, WWE. I think that would be, I think that would be fine. It would be entertaining. It would have worked because whether you listen to the Wrestling Observer or PW Insider or What Culture or here, we're all talking about it because we have to, because we're interested and we want to try and, you know, dive behind the scenes to figure it all out. And yeah, it does create a buzz. And, you know, if he did leave and then come back as a different character, who knows? Who knows? I mean, the big thing everyone said was, oh, they used Dean Ambrose in the statement. His real name is Jonathan Good. They did put Jonathan Good in brackets. So I, I think it's real. I think it's legit. Uh, you know, my big thing when it comes to wrestlers is, is, especially now, again, with the options you have, is you'd always bet on yourself and you should always do what feels right for you. You know, we, we'll find out where Kenny Omega is, uh, is going in the next 10 days. And I'm still baffled at one point. People are like, if Kenny Omega goes to WWE, I'll never support him again. So you should support him regardless. Unless he goes out there and does something morally you know, irrehensible and you're like, well, <laughs> you can't do that. You know, wrestlers are still human beings. They're still people with jobs. Just let them go and do whatever the hell we want and enjoy them or don't enjoy them, depending on, you know, whatever it is they happen to be doing at the time. But I hope that whatever happens, it works out well for, for Dean Ambrose. I do agree. He's the hokey stuff he was doing. I really, the, the one for me, as we talked about, you know, turning heel on the night that Roman Reigns gave his announcement and doing all the stuff with injections and diseases. I don't really think that hit home with anybody. Like, Dean Ambrose did the best that he could with it, and he still cuts killer promos. Like, the promo he cut on Raw when he called out Seth Rollins and Triple H, I thought was awesome. And I didn't even think much of that weird hokey sell he did uh, on, the, on the curb stomp. But now I'm maybe there is more to it. You kind of look at it now and you think maybe that was almost a, you know, a poignant, you know, jab back 
at the way that he's been booked. Do you want me to be hokey? Okay, I'll, I'll be hokey. I don't know. I, I can't answer that. Uh, quick shout out to my man Spaz Phoenix in the super chat. Always appreciate it when people donate money uh, through that. It's, you know, stuff like that in my Patreon description in the link or patreon.com forward slash Simon316. That's how I'm able to do all these personal projects. I wouldn't be able to do that without the support. So thank you very much. Uh, and Spaz says, hey, Millie, you're a great guy. Isn't that nice? Congrats on you and the great men going to WrestleMania. I could use some Millatronics. Could you give my channel another shout out? Everyone go check out Spaz Phoenix's channel. It's literally just Spaz Phoenix. So I'm sure if you type that into the YouTube search bar, you'll be able to, you'll be able to check him out. And that's true. I didn't realize it had come out because uh, I didn't get to see all the reactions um, that the guys at What Culture did. We are going to WrestleMania. We're going to do a load of content. There's some secrets up my sleeve, up all our sleeves, that you'll find out come April. But if you're going to be in the New York area in April, keep an eye out. Come down, say hello. You know how it works. And I'll see you out there. And hopefully we'll get some badass interviews too. So anyway, Dean Ambrose, apparently leaving the WWE, we will wait and see what happens. But that's the big story of the week. Drove people crazy. People wanted to know. They were desperate. I do want to point out that I did a video for What Culture, based on the work of Michael Sidgwick, one of the writers there, who said, who came up with this theory, that if you enter at number 14 in the Royal Rumble, you get cursed. And guess who entered at number 14 in the Royal Rumble this year? That's right, Dean Ambrose. 40 hours later, he left. Kapow! Don't be number... If you're going to get number 14 in the Royal Rumble next year, turn it down. Unless WWE wants to offer it to me, I will absolutely take number 14 in the Royal Rumble. You can curse me all you want. It's all good. Talking of the Rumble, let's segue into that. I love the Royal Rumble this year because I love the Royal Rumble any year, even when it's bad. The show was way too long. Uh, that's not uh, a criticism of WWE. That's a criticism of my life. I don't think I can watch anything for six... I think it was six hours... Seven, six, a lot. <laughs> Anything that's over five, I'm, I'm going to start to struggle with, uh, especially when I try to stay up to watch it too. Now that makes it that makes it doubly hard. So yeah, I mean, for me personally, I would prefer shorter shows. And this was the point I made on ups and downs to the Royal Rumble. This seemed to spark not a massive controversy, but I had a lot of people talking to me on social media. I gave Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles and Sasha Banks versus Ronda Rousey downs because of the context that it was presented to me in after the um, the, the Becky Lynch Royal Rumble win. You know, the last, it didn't matter what match was going to be there, it was always going to struggle. And I felt tired, the crowd felt tired, and I felt that was, uh, my, my point was simply, I'm not saying this is the best idea in the world, I'm just saying from a pay-per-view point of view, I would rather, from, you know, how I want to, uh, to, to digest my wrestling content, break it right back down to where we have one women's cha world champion and one men's world champion. They can be on either Raw or SmackDown. And that way, when we get to pay-per-views, you've already, in terms of the Royal Rumble, cut out two matches. That, to me, would have knocked off, what, half an hour, 45 minutes, maybe even an hour, all things considered. Made the show feel a bit quicker. Added more importance to the titles. And that's just my personal opinion. That, you know, that, that's what I think would actually help. And people said, oh, yeah, but there's no secondary titles for the women, blah, blah, blah. I get that. But all the men's secondary titles are treated like crap anyway. Look what happened to the US title this week on SmackDown. I enjoyed it for what it was. But in terms of what we probably needed to do to ensure that title feels important again, it was the worst thing to do. Because now it's changed twice in 24 hours or 48 hours. People are going heel and face. It just... It was fun. It was fun to watch. I'm not saying that. I, I liked it a lot. But it was certainly, you know, it doesn't, the focus is still not on the championship. And you wouldn't do that with the WWE title. You wouldn't do it with the women's titles. You know, you just wouldn't. So that was just my point. I, I think Sasha versus Ronda was good. I thought AJ Styles versus uh, Daniel Bryan got a really bad rap. It wasn't that, they were in a death spot. They'd just come off Becky Lynch winning an exhausting Raw Rumble. Like the first half of that dragged just a little bit. It really picked up in the second half. And that's just what happens. And when you're tired anyway, watching from home, and you can tell the crowd is tired, that does build into, into an atmosphere. It's still great. It's still like an awesome show, but it does have, it does have a knock-on effect. Uh, I love the way it looked. They should do more uh, shows at baseball stadiums. I love the strip-back set. It made it feel unique. And now every time I go back to watch the Royal Rumble 2019, I'll be, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be, I don't know. It was just, it just... It will stand out to me straight away. It's why one of the reasons I like Evolution so much when I turned it on. I was like, oh, wow, it looks different. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I'm invested. It kind of ties into the US title thing as well. Obviously, Shinsuke Nakamura retained, uh, sorry, beat Rusev for his title in the pre-show. I don't know why it was on the pre-show. That's why the plan on Tuesday, on Sunday, cannot have been for our truth to win this. Because I think we would have done things differently. Rusev didn't need to lose it to Nakamura just so he could lose it to truth. i got to get over my US champion thing. A lot of people always say as well that the roster is too big. To only have a few titles. I disagree. That's what makes the belts more exciting. 
if there's fewer belts and each one feels incredibly important, all of a sudden you're like, wow, who, who's going who's gonna to win that title? I'm, you, you can flood the roster with belts if you want, but if they're just props, then it, then it makes no difference. And I'm just talking about the length of a pay-per-view. And hey, man, if you like the length of the pay-per-view, call me out. Come and let me know. Come and say, I love the, the seven-hour pay-per-view. That's great. You've got what you want. Just for me, knocking an hour off you know, here or there. Uh, would be would be would be better. Uh, so obviously, yeah, Becky Lynch versus Oscar, great match. I loved it, especially because it tied into Becky Lynch coming in during the Royal Rumble and winning that. I don't think anybody could criticize the way that WWE booked the last half of that Rumble. I don't think anybody could criticize it. Absolutely established Becky Lynch as the the top guy or the top girl, whatever you want to call it, in the company. You know justified her being in the main event of WrestleMania 35 if that's the direction they go in. And now, obviously, the discussion is, do we do Charlotte, Becky, and Ronda? Do we just do Becky and Ronda? You know, what do we do? And I think, the more I've thought about it, I just really like Charlotte Flair. Like, I thought Charlotte Flair's performance in that Rumble was brilliant. As soon as she arrived, the way she held herself and the way she walked down the aisle, I was like, she's a star. Because that's how she, you know, and again, she's been given the booking to be able to book herself like a star or to be booked like a star, but she carries her weight as well. So given that WrestleMania 35 will sell anyway, and given that it's going to be on the network and loads of people will tune in, I think it's fine to put Charlotte in there. It will probably make the match better because I think the three-way between those would just be a better match between the, any kind of the combination of the one-on-ones. And given that in five, six, seven years, whatever, WWE is going to want to look back and talk about the first ever women's main event at WrestleMania, I think Charlotte is so talented, she probably deserves to be in it. Deserves is a weird word when it comes to wrestling, because, you know, it's, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> like, it's a storyline. However, yeah, I, I, I think that... I think I'm on board with it now. I thought the angle on uh, the angle on Raw, you know, when Ronda and Becky had that stare down and the, that promo off, and they both hang with each other was awesome. Like, it felt absolutely legit because there was a roughness to what they were saying. It didn't feel scripted. And because of that, you can start going, oh, wow, you know, just let you suspend your disbelief. But I just want Charlotte in it too. I just do. And I'm probably in the minority there, but that's that's just how I feel. Uh, shout out to my man Spaz Phoenix in the super chat again. Will a woman ever fight for a proper world title at WrestleMania? What do you mean a, pro a proper world? Does the SmackDown women's title not count as a proper world title? I would say right now, the SmackDown women's title and Raw women's world title are two of the most important in the whole company. Like, absolutely. Like, if you look at the Universal Championship, as we know, has issues. I still think Brock is a great champion because he comes across like a great, like a great champion. But it not being defended all the time is both good and bad. I think if we were just in the infancy with this, it'd be fine, but it's been going on too long. Daniel Bryan is smashing it with the WWE Championship, but I don't think the Raw SmackDown female belts feel any less. No way. Absolutely not. I think they feel really, really important. Hence why if they do, you know, if the SmackDown one does, I'll tell you the Raw one does main event at WrestleMania, I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. It's the most important, one of the most important belts on the show. And it maybe would be a bit weird if Seth Rollins beats Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship that doesn't close the show. But when you know what you've got coming around the corner, I think you'd be able to forgive them for that. And also, if you do do that, it would happen with Seth too. But if we do Charlotte, Ronda, Becky, Becky is going to be cheered. The last few years, obviously, we had the Roman Reigns issue where your top babyface isn't being cheered. That's not going to happen with Becky Lynch. She'll be cheered. We'll probably boo Ronda and Charlotte because that's what we do. But then mainly it can end with a proper babyface, you know, getting a good reaction. And we haven't had that for so long. Uh, shout out to my man, Mr. Alternator in the super chat. You get the hand on the heart. We all know that. This Dean Ambrose stuff is crazy. It is crazy because no one saw it coming, which is why it surprised so many people. But maybe it's not real. Maybe it's a work. I don't know. I'm excited either way. And look, if he leaves and goes to AEW and their roster starts to become Chris Jericho, Dean Ambrose, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, I think we can say no matter what they do in terms of ratings or whatever, they've been a success because they've lit a fire under WWE's ass. They're offering more money to their wrestlers. They're clearly worried about what they're going to do. They're already a success. It could die out in a couple of years and we could go back to the status quo. But right now, uh, they're absolutely making waves. Uh, so anyway, yeah, triple threat match at WrestleMania 35, I'd be, I'd be cool with it. Love the Royal Rumble. Again, I thought Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles was a brilliant technical match, just ruined by the context it was presented and the fans being, fair play to them too, being so exhausted. They're like, well, what, what, do, what do you want from us? Uh, and I like Ronda versus Sasha as well, you know, that happened before the Rumble. Again, I just felt like it suffered from, it, it, it was a great match, but it felt like we're just trying to, you know, with all these rumors that Ronda Rousey may be leaving after WrestleMania 35 and the fact that she faced Bailey on Raw, it just kind of felt a little bit like, let's just 
ensure Ronda gets to fight all the people she wants to fight, which I got no problem with. That's just what I thought. Talk, let's talk. Ronda Rousey's come up a few times. I know people want me to talk about it. Let's talk about, you know, what happened on Raw. I look. It wasn't the best segment in the world. Of course, it wasn't. She was clearly flustered by the booze, and she screwed up her lines and she flubbed her promo. I don't like jumping down people's throats for that because. We all make mistakes, and I bet nobody was harder on themselves afterwards, and at the time, than Ronda Rousey. I imagine at that moment, she just wanted the floor to open up, and for her, you know, for her to, ju- to drop through it. Like, that would have been her, that would have been her dream, if, she, if, if it could have happened at that time. She was talking about dreams. I imagine right there and then, that second, she was like, look, my dream right now is to just flutter away, and everybody to forget about this. And then, yeah, sure, that then did roll into her match with Bailey. It wasn't great, but... I don't, I don't, look, we're just human beings at the end of the day. I know I sound like a positive, schmaltzy asshole. That's fine. You can call me an idiot. It's all good. But, you know, I, I think it, all that mattered to me, and I address this on ups and downs, and some people still, went, Ugh, but I was talking about the latter part. Sometimes it is about the destination, not the journey. And the promo between Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey was so good. At the end of that, I don't even think the rest matters. The rest was just there. It was unimportant. Becky Lynch looked like an absolute... Like, she didn't care in a good way. That little smirk she had on her face. Ronda Rousey sounded like she absolutely wanted to kill Becky Lynch. Even said, the reason I don't murder you with my bare hands is because I've made the decision not to. That is a psychopathic thing to say, but also a pretty badass wrestling threat. And then she storms off. She looks properly pissed off. And Becky Lynch kind of just shrugs it off because that's her character. That's what matters to me. I thought that was absolute gold. Again, ties into this momentum that they're all developing it's two thumbs up. It's done. I'm not going to worry about little things that we're not even going to be thinking about next week or the week after. Yeah, Ronda Rousey flubbed her promo lines. I've flubbed videos. I've flubbed wrestling. <laughs> you know that. So I don't like to, you know, I like to give people people the benefit of the doubt. Um, what else do we need to talk about? Brock Lesnar versus Finn Balor. I loved. I talked about it on ups and downs too. I thought it was, I mean, the, the problem with Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar is what happened with Finn on Raw, right? I was an idiot, and I decided that him being beaten down by Brock probably meant that we were going to get Finn Brock too, and maybe we do in the future. Maybe they are looking, you know, looking at it at that way. Because the other rumor is the reason that Oscar tapped out Becky is because once Becky wins the championship, apparently they're going to do something with those two. I don't know how true that is. So maybe WWE are going to start looking backwards more than they have done recently. But with that said... It does look like Finn Balor's now going to feud with Bobby Lashley for the IC Championship. Bobby Lashley left him laying, so that was 2-2 two to two for Finn. And now other rumours have come out, or there's some marketing materials going around, that at Fastlane in March, or end of February, whenever the hell it is, a post-elimination chamber, it's Bobby Lashley versus Seth Rollins for the IC title. Which means in the spells of four to six weeks, Finn Balor is going to have all his momentum taken away from him, as he also doesn't beat Bobby Lashley. So that's a shame. Because I actually thought Finn Balor had some real... I thought I thought we were getting back to where most people hoped Finn Balor would be in the WWE. So it kind of sucks that that, that that may not happen. And also, if that is the case, I love the match. I love Finn Balor-Brock Lesnar. Finn Balor was on the attack, the whole thing with the diverted ticulitis and the table. I was like, this is really good. Finn Balor doing those dives and smashing back-to-back with Brock Lesnar. I was like, that must hurt like crazy. And I'm all right with him tapping out to the Kimura because I know that A, Brock Lesnar is a legit fighter, and B, that if... You know, El Kimura is a legit move. We know about that, thanks to UFC and MMA and everything like that. So, all that's fine. I don't get the beatdown afterwards. And they try to, <coughs> excuse me, they try to spin it on Raw as, oh, well, it's because, you know, Finn, uh, you know, uh, Finn made a believer out of Brock. But that's not what I saw. Visually, I saw him get his ass whipped, and then he got his ass whipped again by Bobby Lashley. So, that was a slight disappointment. Men's Raw Rumble... I liked it. I, I had fun. I think it was on equal paring with the women's. Maybe better pace throughout. Uh, Seth Rollins winning, I think, is the only thing that you could have done. You know, sometimes with wrestling, even though you expect it to happen, it's nice to get those expectations. You know, actually, you know, it's, it's good to have the thought, but you want to see it play out on screen as well. And I can't think of anybody else that should have won other than other than Seth, especially when he comes out on Raw and just cuts the most realistic, believable promo that he ever has done. Like, it was absolutely awesome. Like, even I got a bit emotional watching it because I, I just believed everything he said. And the reason I believed it is because it was real. He is over the moon that he won the Royal Rumble. And, you know, whether or not he goes on to actually properly main event 35 or not, I don't know. But he, he, he is proud of the fact that he's in that position. I think that's one of the reasons people like Seth Rollins because he is relatable. Like, he does have this, uh, you know, he does have... 
this likability factor to him. And he has established himself as that top guy on Raw. And then he had that cool... A lot of people didn't like the segment at the end of Raw, I found out afterwards. You know, when Brock Lesnar comes out, Seth Rollins interrupts him, smashes him in the face, and then Brock Lesnar leaves him laying with five F5s. I liked it because, yeah, at the moment the stigma is nobody can beat Brock. Seth is the underdog. You've still got three or so months... Let's, yeah, let, let, let's keep that going. And then that way, when Seth does beat him, you'd be like, oh, can you believe it? He finally did it. I mean, it's standard storytelling. But again, sometimes that's the way to do it. I like it. WrestleMania card shaping up, you know. Say we got the triple threat women's match. Great. Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins for the, United, uh, the Universal Championship. Great. You know, And also on SmackDown, we got the whole... Uh, uh, <laughs> a, Daniel Bryan. Oh, my God. The, when Daniel Bryan took that belt out, because I thought that's something that I'd like to see him do, but didn't know whether WWE would actually go with it. But Daniel Bryan, to get his own ver- his own belt, like the Skull Belt, uh, Spoken Skull Belt, the Brahma Bull Belt, John Cena Spinner Belt, that was a bit different because it became the championship for a while. But to have, you know, a-, a hemp, naturally fallen oak belt because he's an environmentalist, the gimmick is so good. And on his T-shirt, he had stuff like, you know, no racism, no homophobia, peace, love. He's a good guy. Everyone still boos the crap out of him. And people go, oh, they couldn't see the T-shirt. That T-shirt was on the big screen. I had a look. You could have seen it should you so wished. This is why it's the best gimmick. It's the best gimmick. I love what Daniel Bryan is doing. Uh, If you didn't see, we are going to have, in the Elimination Chamber, it's going to be, let me see if I can remember. Daniel Bryan in the Elimination Chamber defending against Mustafa Ali, Samoa Joe, Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and somebody Jeff Hardy Jeff Hardy's going to be in it too they all interrupted Daniel Bryan Samoa Joe interrupted Daniel Bryan and cut in two minutes cut a better promo than most people could do with 10 my word he just spits fire Samoa Joe when he talks he came after Orton he shut down Jeff Hardy kind of threatened to murder Mustafa Ali he's the best he is the absolute best like I just Oh, man, I just love him so much. And yeah, that's a cool main event. I don't know how that's all going to pan out. That's a really thing. Who does the, the two most interesting matches for me right now as you try and work out Mania 35 is who does Daniel Bryan face and who does Oscar face? I should have mentioned this on Ups and Downs. Again, Ups and Downs live in 35 minutes. I'll be there. Um, I should have mentioned this on Ups and Downs. Oscar wasn't on the show at all, which is strange. Why wouldn't she be? But I guess they're still trying to figure out plans. But um, yeah, it, who does Daniel Bryan fight? Apparently, it's going to be him versus AJ Styles at Fastlane, which means Daniel Bryan probably retains. But that probably ends that feud. So does he fight Samoa Joe? Daniel Bryan versus Samoa Joe doesn't seem likely, given they're both heels. Randy Orton versus Daniel Bryan? Yeah, maybe I could see it, but I don't know how excited I'd be about it. Maybe they put Mustafa Ali in that position. I mean, at the moment, the WWE Championship doesn't feel like it's going to be anywhere near the top of the card. It may even actually be quite early on. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. And same for Oscar, too. There was no hints. I mean, who's even in the running? Ember Moon was my choice, but not only did she not win the Royal Rumble, she's now out six months injured, which sucks. All the best to her. Mandy Rose and Peyton Royce are going after the SmackDown women's tag team titles that are going live at the Elimination Chamber. And then you start to think, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with it. I do believe that Sasha Banks and Bailey, the hug and boss connection, worst name ever, they're going to, I think you should give it to them. But then does that mean they get to be on both shows? And how does that affect anything else? Also, why on SmackDown... Did um, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville just get to go? We're in the we're in the we're in the tournament now. We're we're in the match. Why didn't they have to qualify? We had to qualify on Raw. Makes absolutely no sense. I did like what Mandy Rose the Mandy Rose callback to tough enough to explain why she's been going after Naomi's husband though Jimmy Uso. That was fantastic. That was great continuity. It made perfect sense. Man, two hands up in the air. Two hands up in the air for that. I thought that was really 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 well done. Uh, we talked about the US Championship. We don't need to talk about that anymore. I just don't get it. I liked it, but I don't get it. It's weird. It pulls me in two different directions. I had to kind of I had to kind of think over it when I was giving it an up or a down. But I thought, well, no, you have to go with what you said in the past, unfortunately. You've created due precedence, and therefore you have to go, you have to go forward with it. But yeah, good raw, good smackdown. I was surprised by the raw rating. Uh, the raw rating was like 2.7 or something like that. I thought it would at least do 3 million viewers. As I always say, we, as fans, we don't have to worry about the raw rating. But given that the, the raw after the rumble is usually you know, one of the biggest, one of the biggest of the year. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't believe it. Although I still, someone, please correct me if I'm wrong. I know I'm not talking about finances or money, but I, I have to imagine that if you are a wrestling fan and you don't want to sit through three hours of Raw and you know that in the morning they're just going to put all the stuff on YouTube anyway, you can watch it in five minute clips or you can watch me on ups and downs. Thanks very much. Surely that has to affect the rating a little bit. 
I'm not saying that's good. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying <laughs> that it, it has to be a factor. It just has to be. You could have watched everything in about 40 minutes. Probably less on YouTube if you just you've just clicked around. But it doesn't really seem to tie in, into anything. So I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I thought it was a good week. I like Raw. I like SmackDown. I like the Rumble. NXT TakeOver we haven't talked about was ridiculous. Um, Ricochet. No, who was... Uh, yeah, Ricochet versus... Oh, my brain. This is my Raw Rumble tired brain. Ricochet versus Johnny Gargano. Thanks, brain. Was just excellent. Just excellent. Like, I don't actually think it was the best TakeOver we've seen. But that match would be in the upper echelons for me. I thought that was... Oh, excellent. I mean, just, just round of applause. Round of applause for that match. And yeah, now I'm, I'm feeling quite high on WWE. I'm excited for the Elimination Chamber. Uh, the Braun, Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin stuff. You know, I just don't need to see Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre back together. But I get it. They're in a holding pattern. So what else can you do? And I did laugh when Jeff Jarrett came back out at not only the Royal Rumble, but at, on Raw as well. I mean, I don't know why Elias turned heel. Elias and Rusev just turned heel this week for no reason. I should probably care more than I do, but it happens so much these days. I'm like, meh, whatever. If that's what we're going to do, I guess we're going to do it. You know, Jeff Jarrett joining WWE is kind of part of a, of a big um, pattern they've just done. So hi, Jeff Jarrett. He's going to be in some kind of producer agent role and have on-screen time, as we've seen. Abyss and Sanjay Dutt from TNA, Impact, I should say. They've made the move across. And they hired the Hurricane as well. Again, I think he's a backstage agent too. So I don't know what that... I think he was still doing indies, but I guess it's better to have a job like that. I don't know. But yeah, like that was... You know, they're, they're hiring up all this talent, which is interesting because on the one hand, you've got that. On the other hand, you know, Dean Ambrose apparently wants to go. Hideo Itami has asked for his release and got it. He's out of there. He's leaving WWE. I guess he finished up at 205 Live last night where he lost to Tazawa, I think. He lost to somebody clean. So yeah, apparently the Revival wanted to leave and... Somebody else asked for their release. So yeah, it's crazy. Like, we're living in crazy wrestling times. They're hiring all this talent behind the scenes. But their on-screen talent, they all want to go. We also didn't see any of the NXT guys that made uh, Raw Rumble appearances on Raw either. There was a small uh, murmuring fluttering around that potentially Alistair Black had actually been officially called up. Nothing as of yet. On that note, where was EC3 this week? Where was Nikki Cross? Uh, last Sullivan we know about. Who's We saw Heavy Machinery. Oh, heavy, I didn't talk about that. I got livid that Heavy Machinery didn't win that number one contendership match. I'm a positive dude, and I love the match. I think the Usos, even though the Usos are amazing, I still think they're underrated. That's how good I think they are. But why do we put Heavy Machinery in a match for them just to lose after they've been called up? And everybody always goes, oh, we can't push them straight away. Yes, you can. SmackDown needs new teams. Now, that's the one good thing about the Miz Shane McMahon winning is because at least it feels like a new team has the belt. But put them against Heavy Machinery. Like, I, I don't get that at all. Because I think Heavy Machine are actually quite good. Even though their booking has been bizarre, I actually think they, de they, they, they did it quite well. And yet they just, that, that made me, and the whole Shane um, Miz angle as well was interesting. The story as I took it was, Miz's dad doesn't love his son, but he loves him now because he won a tag title at Royal Rumble. You don't need to worry about your dad, Miz. He's a bad person. <laughs> that's how I see it anyway. But look, I, I'm being a bit of a sycophant with some of these things. Ultimately, I, I thought, I think WWE's had a really good four four days. Um, I know some people said they didn't sell very many tickets for SmackDown. I don't need to worry about that. You know, I, I only need to worry about uh, what I enjoyed. And I enjoyed it a lot. Sorry, I'm just clicking around getting the questions up for this week. Right, so we are going to answer some questions. If you're new to the podcast, that's what we do uh, in the second half of the podcast. But again, if there's anything else you want me to talk about, drop it in the comments here and I'll keep an eye on, on it. And again, if you want to ask a question, throw your question in the comments. Obviously, if you do a super chat, I'll definitely see it. I'll definitely answer that. And we'll just get into some chat. Usually, the questions kind of talk about stuff in the wrestling world, which is why it's good to do it in the second half. Because if I've missed anything, we get to it now. My man, Adam Pearson. It is seemingly well known that Dean Ambrose hates both scripted promos and hokey storytelling. Yet armed with this knowledge upon his return, WWE creative killed all his momentum by turning him into a heavily scripted germaphobe who dressed like metrosexual Borderlands character. Is this simply arrogance, blind stupidity, or a weird thought of hazing where we're all being worked? Well, that is the question. You know, when Dean Ambrose came back from his injury, like he had a really good comeback. He was over and the shield and, and all that kind of stuff. And they turned him heel. If you know he doesn't like that stuff, why put him in that stuff? So I guess you could argue maybe it is a bit of a prodding, right? You know, you prod the bear. But that seems silly to me because that seems like, you know, cutting off your nose to spite your face. 
So I don't know. Maybe they just thought Dean Ambrose was good at it. Maybe they came up with these ideas retrospectively and then went, well, so, and then retrospectively said, who would this work? And they say, well, we can give it to Dean Ambrose. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's certainly what it sounds what it sounds like. But it is interesting. Because if you do value Dean Ambrose and you know he doesn't like hokey shit, why are you making him a germaphobe? I don't have the answer to that. I don't have the answer. I just caught a, a comment there in the in the YouTube chat as well. What happened to Sanity? What did happen to Sanity? Gallows and Anderson just popped back on Raw because they're mad at... Gallows and Anderson popped back up on SmackDown, sorry, because they were mad that Rusev and Nakamura attacked our truth If you're that mad, two reasons. One, why didn't you get out there and protect him, your babyface team? Two, you're in the Bullet Club. You spent your entire career doing that kind of stuff. Anyway, uh, as for Ambrose, I don't know. It is very weird. And really, it was always going to happen. It's like, you know, what do I, what do I not like? I don't like coconut, right? So if someone's employing me and they keep feeding me coconut, eventually I'm going to go, I don't want to eat coconut anymore. I'm going to leave. Dean Ambrose didn't like his coconut and he left. Simple as that. And maybe not though. Maybe that's why. Maybe it is a work. We don't know. This is why it's exciting. I like stuff like this. I kind of like it. Sometimes I'm like, am I prying into people's personal lives? But from a creative work point of view, uh, it is fun. Adam Mason. Hi, I'm Simon. Did you enjoy the Royal Rumble? I certainly did. I did. I love the Rumble. Yes, I did. I tried to be as. I tried to put my critical hat on because I feel like it's important when you're reviewing a show to you know mention the good and the bad. But ultimately, I thought it was great. Do you think Dean Ambrose releases a work? Because they never announced this early. Possible feud with Triple H leading into WrestleMania. Apparently. Apparently, we just, we, we, we don't know. We, we, we don't know right now. Uh, you know, if Triple H is ready to come back, I imagine he does his Batista program because as much as I love Ambrose, I think they'll get more casual fans involved. I, I, they, but they did tease Dean Ambrose, Triple H on Raw, but they also, we didn't talk about this. They also teased Dean Ambrose and Nia Jax. We should talk about Nia Jax, shouldn't we? Let's talk about Nia Jax quickly. So at Raw Rumble, Nia Jax took out R-Truth in number 30 and she took his place, threw out Mustafa Ali and then took an RKO, a super kick and a 619. Then on Raw, she's, you know, punching Dean Ambrose from behind and knocking him out the ring, which leads you to believe maybe they're going to do a Nia Jax versus Dean Ambrose match. Apparently they are doing this because they realize they need to get ratings up and they've looked to the past and they've gone, huh, this used to work. How much can we get away with in 2019? Now, whether you like that or not, is it's going to have... Of course, there's going to be differing opinions in terms of men on women matches. Some people will say it's fine. Some people will say it's not fine. I guess, really, it all depends on the talent involved and what they're comfortable with and how it comes across on screen. Like when Lucha Underground did it and you had, I think it was Pentagon just killing people, maybe a bit much. You know, again, it's something to, something to debate, maybe a bit much. The real thing is, is Dean Ambrose now on his way out and as such is going to be jobbed out to Nia Jax just to prove a point. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer to any of this. Uh, I feel like it's too early to make a judgment call. Again, I also think it all depends on what everybody involved wants to do. I will say, I feel like it made Nia Jack, Nia Jax a lot more interesting. Um, you know, straight away, I wanted to see where this gimmick is going to go. And I've never felt that way about Nia Jax. So in one sense, it certainly did work. It got me intrigued. It made my eyebrows pick up. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I don't know. We'll see. She took a good RKO. I tell you, she, she took a good RKO. Uh, what do you think is going on with Rusev and Nakamura? Both had lackluster title reigns and have both been beaten by R-Truth. Now going into a possible feud with the Good Brothers and teaming up. Well, this is what I said on Ups and Downs, which again, you can check out in 20 minutes. We'll go over there together. If they do team up Rusev and Nakamura and allow them to be a new team, I'm not going to hate that entirely because that the SmackDown division, as we've established, does need new teams. And if they're not going to do anything else with Shinsuke and Rusev and you want to put them together, I'd be all right with it. But it all depends on where it goes. Um, so I can see it. Whether or not it's good for both of their careers, I don't know. But we'll have to wait and see. It would be uh, it would be remiss of me to, to say otherwise at this stage. But I do, I do think it feels strange. Who knows? How do you imagine it feels knowing that should you be the guy who defeats Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, your WrestleMania moment, part of your legacy forever etched into the archives of wrestling history, will be you holding that belt aloft, hoping that at very least your wife is taking you seriously. I love that belt. I love that belt. It, it was one of those things where, again, I wanted WWE to do it so much. And they did it. They did it. Daniel Bryan right now has a hemp, naturally fallen tree oak belt. It, the gimmick is great. The gimmick is great. It's It's... Between him and Becky Lynch, SmackDown is such a good show right now. And Charlotte's great. And oh, there's plenty of other people on it that, that are doing the job too. But those two especially, I tell you, man, I, 
Yeah, whatever. Whatever. James Bromfield. Hi, Simon. Thank you, as always, for the positivity and awesome content. You, sir, are a legend. Aren't the people that watch and listen to this nice? Yes, they are. Thank you, James. You are starting your own promotion. News to me. You get to pick one established legendary talent and one new young non-WE talent to build the company around. Who do you pick and why? Slaps head. It's all right. It's what we do. Again, it all depends on how you look at this, right? Because if someone said to me, you want to build a company, you want people to watch, I would go and get... You know, I mean, you say one legendary talent, I'd get The Undertaker, right? Or I'd get Stone Cold Steve Austin, or I'd get The Rock, or I'd get Brock Lesnar. If, you know what I mean? i get somebody like that because that is going to make people tune in to my product. Like They are star power, big names, and casual fans will go, why is he there? Much like Chris Jericho going to AEW. You're going to, you know, you're going to go across. In terms of, I think the interesting one is a new, young, non-WWE talent. That's harder. Because you want, I mean, I guess Kenny Omega, but does he count as young? No disrespect to him, but I mean, are you talking like, obviously he's in his mid-30s. If you're talking about someone who's kind of young, young, or kind of just breaking out on the scene, I don't know. I'd probably need a list to 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 think about it. I mean, Hangman Page would be up there. Marty Skell would be up there. Will Ospreay would be up there. Okada, I think, is in his 30s. So I wouldn't necessarily, he's young, but I don't know if you mean super young. I mean, Cody Rhodes I put on that list too. You know, somebody like that that gets pro wrestling and has their head really screwed onto their shoulders. Uh, MJF is a good shout. Some, somebody like that. But I don't, yeah, I, 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 it depends on what the, on what the, um, if I could just pick two wrestlers, one legendary, one current, I'd probably take The Undertaker because I think if you did that, all of a sudden all wrestling fans are going to want to see how, hey, how the hell you did this and what he's going to do and what character he's going to portray. Maybe not best long term, but... You know, in order, in order to get eyes on your promotion, I think it would work. And then in terms of current, non-WWE, I'd get Kenny Omega. Because he can have good matches with anybody. And he can be the guy that actually establishes your company as one that people should watch. Uh, Bradley Milburn. Hi, Simon. Hope you are well. Do we really need Charlotte in the match with Becky and Ronda at Mania? It could be one of the best one-on-one storytelling matches ever if it's built properly. I mean, I agree with you to a certain point. But again, I think the match quality will be better if it's a three-way. And I think that's probably more important. Because people are going to tune into WrestleMania regardless. And also, I am a bit sentimental with this. I do think Charlotte deserves to be in that match. I think she's been fantastic for the last what, three years, whatever she's been on the main roster. She gets better and better. Her facials at the Royal Rumble were hilarious. She looked like an absolute crazy person. So, you know, I... I, I Story's still going to be good. Like Right now, it's good. Everything with Becky and Charlotte on SmackDown was good. Everything with Becky and Ronda on Raw was good. So we're certainly not hurting it. I think the match will be better, and I think Charlotte deserves it. Therefore, I'm, I'm putting a ticks in the Charlotte box. I'm, I'm that guy. Christian Brown. One, my personal favorite follows on social media are Courtney Rush, Kayla Moonshoes, big fan of yours, by the way, Lance Storm, and Stokely Hathaway. Yours? That's good. That, that That's a good list. Uh, well, I'm, I'm a nerd. All of mine, AJ Styles... Matt Hardy, uh, I think Matt Jackson from the Bucks. Um, they're, they're, the, they're the three biggest ones. The one I noticed they were following me, I did like a little a little jig. Um, and yeah, I know that makes me know. That's just name dropping. But, you know, what can you do? I like it. Number two, wrestler you'd like to see in WWE for one match. Mine would be Marufuji. Probably Kenny Omega. I know it's boring, but it, it would create a buzz. And I'm all about buzz in wrestling, which is why I didn't hate the, the US title match so much, because it did create a buzz. But yeah, again, if Kenny Omega comes to WWE, everyone's going to be talking about it. Like Dean Ambrose, right? The Dean Ambrose leaving story is fun, for lack of a better word, because it's a buzz. You know, like, oh, you want to talk about it with people. That's why I was excited to do the podcast. I was like, oh, I can talk about Dean Ambrose leaving. Uh, three, not a question, but a request. Please follow me on Twitter and DM me. There's something I'd like your help with that I think you'll appreciate. Okay, Christian, we'll look into it. Uh, Josh Jell, hi, Simon. Hope all is well. Loving the 2K videos you're featured in. They're incredible. Uh, if you haven't seen them, I did do some work for a production company uh, who then used that content on the WWE 2K ads. Just me being absolute goof, but I appreciate everyone involved for, for giving me that opportunity. Uh, who do you think will be the next in WWE to request their release, wrestler or non-wrestler? Well, that is a question and a half. I mean, phew, I don't know. If you had told me Dean Ambrose on that list, I probably would have doubted it. Atami surprised me. I mean, maybe a Zach. No, no, they wouldn't go. I don't know. Dolph Ziggler, I'd always think, but I think he's content there given he was number 28 in the Rumble or whatever he was. Who else could ask that? Who's underused? Maybe a Rusev or a Nakamura. Maybe that's why they're being put together. I think those would be at the top of my list. It depends what they want to do. Apparently Nakamura is just loving the lifestyle, so he doesn't care. But obviously Rusev is still to make or cement his legacy. 
And I think he's got the talent to go out there and do it. Yeah. And yeah, maybe Renee Young, because she's, you know, affiliated with Dean Ambrose. But I don't think, I don't think, it's certainly, if it is real, it certainly seems very amicable. I mean, in the WWE statement, they said, hopefully one day WWE, uh, Dean Ambrose will come back to WWE. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think, maybe Finn Balor eventually. But again, he seems happy too. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, where am I looking? Oscar Velardi, good name. So with WWE and AEW scooping up top talent from the indies that leaves a lot of spots on those indie companies for new top talent, is there any wrestler that you're excited to see take on this new role? Well, I mean, I think it certainly opens up new opportunities for people, but I don't necessarily think there's anybody out there that's not already making a name for themselves, like Bandido, for example, right? Like Bandido is is obscenely good. Apparently he had an amazing match in PWG the other day, but I think he would have made his name regardless because, again, he's already got that momentum. So, no, maybe someone like MJF, because he's signed with up with AEW, which would be a good spotlight for him. A lot of people call him, like, you know, the Miz 2, which I think is a fair point, in a good way, in a good way. So, yeah, I mean, I, th I think there is lots of opportunities. There's probably a lot of names that we don't even, we don't even know about yet. But we need to see where everything lays down. Like, we need to see what Double or Nothing does. We need to see what kind of TV deal AEW get. Like, again, they've made an amazing start. They have fired a massive shot across WWE's bow because, again, they're charging them more money. Um, sorry, they're paying. They're already offering talent more money and offering people that are coming in more money too. So there's absolutely, you know, plenty of reason to suggest that new names will start coming through. And then the question is who snaps them up first? And that's when it gets interesting. Because again, the other rumor was that, w, uh, that Chris Jericho's AEW uh, guarantee went around the WWE locker room the other day and nobody could believe it. And apparently it created some shockwaves. So I think, and given that Atami and Ambrose have just said, look, I'm done. It's going to be interesting, man. And if any of those NXT guys come up like Champa or uh, Gargano don't get treated right, they'll fit in there perfectly. We'll see. Uh, Connor Bennett, is it time to just accept fate and turn Ronda heel? It's clear that she's going to get the core. Uh, she's going to get the chorus in this Becky program, and they seem to be accelerating the four horsewomen feud too. So, I'm assuming at least Baszler is caught up after Mania, they could go for the tag titles, which could be held by Sasha Bailey at that time. Dot dot dot. I mean, is she a heel or is she Roman Reigns? Do you know what I mean? Is she booed because she's not Becky or is she booed because people don't like her? I don't think people dislike Ronda Rousey. She sells a lot of merchandise at the house show she gets cheered. Where have we heard this before, right? I just think it's another person that's been caught up in not a bad situation because the Becky Lynch stuff is good, but it's certainly not something that WWE could have anticipated. So no, I don't think that... I don't think people hate Ronda. I think we should just stay for the course now. Let Ronda do, do what she does. Let Becky does what she does. And just let the fans do whatever they want. But I don't think Ronda Rousey needs to start acting heelish. I mean, how could she act more heelish? She threatened to kill Becky Lynch. That's pretty much the ultimate heel thing you can do. So, no, I would... Uh, I think we can just take it day by day, see what happens, see where, see, you know, see where we end up. What's the other thing that you mentioned? Uh, the Four Horsewomen stuff. I don't know if they're going to do that or not. Again, the other room we haven't talked about, we mentioned it in, in passing, was that Ronda Rousey may be leaving after WrestleMania 35. Personally, got no problem if she wants to do that. One year in the biggest wrestling company in the world where she absolutely smashed it, I think sounds like a pretty good return, all things considered. And yeah, if you want to do the Four Horsewomen, yeah, bring up Shayna Baszler. Why the hell not? Let Becky and... Uh, so Sasha and Bailey win the tag titles and do a big thing. Everyone would love that. I, mean, I don't know how ready uh, Jessamine Duke and um, Shafir are, but there's ways and means. If anything, I'd hold that off. I'd probably hold that off for a year and come back to it because Ronda's still going to make appearances. So why do that? Why they're teasing it now, like they keep walking around with the four, I don't know, but maybe just so that we talk about it. And we are. I'd like to see it though. I, I think it will do well regardless. Jared Richards. I'm calling bullshit. Ha ha. I thought it was true, but it's on way too many platforms now. Uh, I think you're talking about the... I think this person's talking about the Dean Ambrose thing. And WWE, yeah, they would. And WWE wouldn't post this before WrestleMania. WWE won't even announce... Won't even let AEW shows at live shows. There's no way they're announcing Ambrose leaving. Well, we'll find out, dude. We'll find out. We don't know. We don't know. But I don't think anyone should be too vitriolic either way. Because it's either a very well-worked situation or he is going. And the, the lines are quite blurred. Nick Palmer. I believe Ronda Rousey is being intentionally positioned for a heel turn. And at Mania, she will use her friends to cheat and win. Well, that's different. Setting up the four horsewomen match. Everyone thinks Duke and Shafira aren't ready, but they are definitely teasing something. Do you think this match can happen at SummerSlam, or can they keep teasing this for longer? Yeah, you probably could do that. I don't think... Um, I don't think... I don't think you can go into WrestleMania 35 and not have, have Becky Lynch win the title. Because either you have that match last... 
and you piss off the entire, you finish the match on a downer because everyone's going to watch that and you don't do it. Or you put that match in the middle of the show. Becky Lynch doesn't win and the fans boo everything that we see afterwards. We've seen it before. So to me, no matter what they, you know, what they were, what they were going to do, you know, you, you have to have Becky Lynch win that title. Unless you come up with a really good angle that surprises people and takes people, you know, by really just, you know, takes them out of their seats because they weren't ready for it. I think it's a really bad idea not to have Becky Lynch win that title. She's properly over. People love her. I think at least for a few months, she's going to be able to say and do no wrong. The bubble's not going to burst. You don't want to muck around with that. This is the first WrestleMania in years where you can actually get the desired response by doing something everybody wants to see. So you just got to do it. You just got to do it. At least that's how, that's how I see it anyway. I think it would be madness otherwise. Um, SummerSlam, they could probably do something though. Yes, they probably could do something with the things. Rich Swanton, Miller, no question. Just want to say you're a legend. Thank you, Rich. That's very, very nice. Put a smile on my face. Liam Christopher, who will John Cena be facing at Mania? Rumor was Lars Sullivan, but that doesn't look the case with his situation. Well, I think the fact that they put all the reason that John Cena wasn't appearing in the Rumble because he was injured on Drew McIntyre. I think Drew McIntyre is the is the backup, right? So if they can get Lars Sullivan back, absolutely they'll put the, they'll you know they'll do Lars Sullivan versus John Cena. Lars Sullivan can win. That cements him as a big character. And if not, just do the same with Drew McIntyre. They want to push him push him in 2019 anyway. That will make up for everything that happened at the Royal Rumble. He'll make a big impact. He can say he beat John Cena. John Cena doesn't care. He's off doing something else. To me, they're a like-for-like -like substitute. So yeah, I think it'll be Drew McIntyre versus John Cena, or it'll be John Cena versus Lars Sullivan. I'm happy either way. I think it's good, and fair play to John Cena for giving back so much, right? We often say that legends don't do this, but so far he loses to everybody. Same with Kurt Angle to a latter degree. Latter degree to a lesser degree. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with Baron Corbin just wiping him off the planet so easily and the whole, oh, Kurt Angle has to do this for his family. But we'll see what happens. He's still Kurt Angle regardless. I always say that. I don't think you can ruin someone's legacy now. He's made his legacy. It is what it is. Uh, Thomas Sutton. Does Charlotte really need to be involved in the Bender-Rocky match? Uh, Ronda match? We've done that. No, but yes. Uh, Daniel Bischoff. Petrick. Two questions. Is Dean leaving that big of a deal? Absolutely, because of what's out there. You know, Dean Ambrose joining AEW or New Japan or whoever is going to get wrestling fans talking. Uh, and probably to a, you know, not as big as Chris Jericho, but if he goes somewhere else, there'll be enough chatter where someone goes, well, I'm going to watch it at least once to see what Dean Ambrose does. And that's exactly what WWE doesn't want. Uh, and was Itami worth the money they paid him years ago to come over? My answer's no and no. Oh, Itami was. Itami just got screwed by injuries and he kind of lost his place and wound up on 205 Live. But Kenta is a very talented wrestler, I'm sure, wherever he ends up. He'll, he'll prove that once again. Uh, Lee Fallon's. What would you book for Mania next year? Do you mean WrestleMania 36? I've got no idea. I don't even know some of the matches you book for 35. Again, who do you put Daniel Bryan against? Who do you, get, who do you put Oscar against? Is there a women's battle royal? Is there a men's battle royal? What's the IC title situation? Is it going to be Bobby Lashley? What's e th is E3 going to be involved in that, which was the rumor? So I can't book next year's. I don't know. I can't even tell you who's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Things keep changing so quickly. Charlie Childers, who do you think will face Oscar at WrestleMania this year? I feel Mandy Rose, but I honestly don't know. Mandy Rose is a fair shout because she has been getting a push on TV as of late, right? She's featured in a lot of angles. Uh, she's doing a lot of promos. I guess it all depends on what happens with the women's tag team titles, but she absolutely has been set up for a big 2019. So you could put her in a match against Oscar at 35. The question is, you know, is that going to live up to the quality bar we now expect? And I don't know. Oscar's another one. I don't know who Oscar's fighting at WrestleMania. I can't work it out. Charlotte would have been your obvious choice, but now she's going into the three-way. The doors are open, my friends. The doors are open. And also, do you think they emphasized the... Uh, sorry, do you think they empathized... Do you think they empathized in the men's and women's Raw Rumble, the NXT stars? I think, I think you mean, do, do I think the NXT stars... My uh, my opinion on the NXT stars in the Royal Rumble is I personally wouldn't do it. I love seeing it, and I pop for it because I love seeing those guys on the main roster. But I don't think you having your first appearance in front of an audience that doesn't know who you are and then just getting chucked out of the Royal Rumble is the best way to debut. I'm being a bit pulling at straws here, a bit finickety, because it actually doesn't make any difference. Like, no one even remembers that Pete Dunne, Johnny Gargano, and Alistair Black got thrown out. They just remembered that they were in it. But it's much like everybody else they called up. Like EC3 so far, didn't say anything to a microphone, posed in front of a mirror twice, then couldn't even make it on TV this week. Which begs the question, what exactly, what is the plan? You know, why did we call up, why did we call these people up, uh, you know, with no real idea of what we want to do with them? And yeah, maybe the whole Lars Sullivan thing shifted stuff around. 
But it's still fun. I like surprises in the Rumble, right? The most hilarious thing about the Rumble this year is I saw people moaning, oh, there wasn't that many legendary stars. Whereas when we do a Rumble that's full of legendary stars, everyone goes, oh, there's too many legendary stars. <laughs> you can't win is basically my point. So you may as well enjoy wrestling uh, as much as possible. Okay, before we do wrap up, I'll answer a few. That was from my Facebook group, those questions. You can join that now. Just search Simon as Pro Wrestling Facebook group. Hit the join button. You can go in there. I'll always ask for questions each and every week. But as we do have uh, five minutes or so left, I will answer some questions from the YouTube comments. I'll keep an eye and I'll, I'll see what comes through. Nine times out of ten when I do do this, there's always one that is offensive. So if I do read that, you'll have to forgive me. Uh, where are we going to start? Slam Hub Wrestling. I think Ambrose leaving is a rib from WWE. He is doing the same thing that Punk did in 2011 when he announced in the segment that he was leaving. Maybe they are. Maybe they want to riff off the CM Punk thing because, again, they're looking for ratings. They absolutely uh, they absolutely need to, to, to boost those, especially with the Fox deal coming up. And maybe they think going back to an angle that did get a lot of press attention at the time, that being CM Punk, given they can't get CM Punk back, will work. There's every chance. There's every chance that's the case. And I'm happy to be conned. I'm happy to have the wall pulled over my eyes. That's why I like wrestling. I want to believe. Make me believe. Uh, Mupo1811 in Super Chat. Thank you very much, my friend. Miller, the smackdown of what culture? Nice videos. Thanks, man. And thank you very much for watching. As I always say, if people didn't watch my stuff, I wouldn't be able to do it. So I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, David Ayres. Nia Jax to win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I think that's a very good shout, David. And I won't lie. Given how that's been booked recently, I wouldn't be 100% against it because at least it, for, you know, it makes a talking point. And that's what I like most in wrestling. I like things that happen that we can talk about. That's why I like the Nia Jack stuff. I enjoy Jeff Jarrett coming back. Uh, I mean, there'd be loads of stuff on that show. I, I like stuff happening because it means we can then debate about it and the internet community comes alive. Again, there's a buzz. I like it when there's a buzz. As long as it's not like too negative or, or immoral. That's different. When it can just be talked about, that's all good. Um, Joel Brown. Will Alistair Black feature on the WrestleMania card or will he debut after? I don't know, man. I mean, that's a great question. Do you really want to debut him before WrestleMania? Would he get lost in the shuffle? Would it be better to wait? I would bring him, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn back. Not like as a group, but I would bring them all back after WrestleMania. When you start again, fresh faces, fresh talent, fresh roster, fresh storylines. I think that's what you need post-WrestleMania. Uh, so so I, I would do that. Uh, DJ Gravesy. Hey, Simon, you the man. Thanks, man. Do you think 205 Live deserves a pay-per-view? It probably deserves one. It shouldn't get one just because nobody will watch it and that could kill 205 Live. I mean, WWE don't even push it. SmackDown went off air and you have the little graphic in the corner saying 205 Live next. But no one says tune into, you know, no one on the announcing team actually tells you to physically do it. It just exists now. And they're all really talented. The match they had at the Royal Rumble was fantastic. But it just exists in its own bubble world. Uh, Jacob O'Keefe. Do you think Jeff versus Elias at WrestleMania is going to happen. Again, what's Elias going to do? Don't know. What's Jeff Jarrett or Jeff Hardy going to do? Assuming Jeff Jarrett, sorry. No, I don't think Jeff Jarrett. No, don't, no Jeff Jarrett's one of the best punches I've ever seen. But no, maybe you could actually. People do like, maybe actually. I wouldn't I wouldn't go against it. I don't know. I don't know. I, I've changed my mind in about 30 seconds. But I, I really don't know. Uh, where am I going? Aaron, what do you think of WWE constantly banning AEW shirts? I don't think it's the best PR move in a world where social media is so prevalent. Look, it's your show. You can do whatever you want. But asking paying fans to change their clothes, a little bit embarrassing. I remember I saw the guy the other day. Luckily, he was wearing a, a top underneath. And I thought, if somebody asked me to change my top and I didn't have another top and I didn't want to leave my seat, I'd feel a little bit self-conscious about it. So, yeah, I didn't think that was... I don't think it's a good idea. But it's their company. They can do whatever they want. Personally, I don't agree with it. But, you know, it's up to them. Um, Max die and vlogs when will fans stop chanting CM Punk never the same reason they'll never stop chanting what <laughs> because fans just like to have a good time fair play to the Phoenix fans though they had some really funny chants at both Raw and Smackdown and I'm uh, I'm always good with that Any, and sometimes they do take over the show but when they make me laugh I'm like oh well you know what are, what are you going to do uh, strong style shooter I'm honestly tired of seeing AEW I have no problem with the company. It's just the fans who say it's AEW whenever a wrestler asks for their release. Well, I think that's probably because it is. Again, they know they're paying a lot of money. They know they're going to approach wrestling in a different way. And they're excited about it. I've got no problem with people being pumped up for a new wrestling promotion. I think it's all good. We don't know how it's going to go. Again, we could be in here in five years going, oh, isn't it a shame that All Elite Wrestling didn't ever live up to the billing? But they're trying. They've got a good product. I think they're about to announce that Kenny Omega's involved. They've got everything going for them. Fingers crossed, I say, that they do do it because competition uh, competition breeds breeds creativity. Shout out to Lee as well. 
Lee just donated fifteen pounds. I appreciate that, man. I think that was through the 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 the, the donation thing that's in 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 the. In the, in the description. So shout out to my man Lee. That was very kind, man. You took me by surprise. Look, you knocked me off. <laughs> you knocked me off my game. That's very kindly. Thank you very much. Shout out to my man Lee. Uh, and on that note, we're going to wrap it up as we do. Uh, how close are we? Two o'clock. We're very close to two o'clock. So basically, here's what's going to happen. I'm now going to shut this down. I'm going to go over to What Culture Wrestling, which you should do too. And I'm going to join the live chat for the live as live version of SmackDown which goes live at 2 p.m. So make sure you go over there now, find the video, click on it. I'm going to segue into the chat. Uh, make sure you come follow me on Instagram and Twitter, just at SimonMiller316. All of my personal projects are supported by patreon.com forward slash Simon316. There's a link in the bio or just go there. Anything you can give, even a dollar, helps no end. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel if you're on it right now, youtube.com forward slash the middle report rules. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your podcast uh, app of choice. And then you'll know when a new one goes live because we always do two every week. And we'll have another one later on in the uh, in the week. Uh, quick shout out to Mupo1811 in the super chat. I want to see Prince, Prince, uh, Prince Devitt as champ. Do you? Um, do I want to see Finn Balor as champ? Probably. I think he deserves one more crack at the Universal Championship, given that he hurt his shoulder. On that note, come join me over on What Culture Wrestling. If you're watching this live, obviously, if you're listening to this on the, you know, on, on the podcast, come watch the archive. It will be up. Love you all. Thanks so much for joining me. I'll talk to you again soon.